about. What we can talk about. All right, man. It's uh, was it February the 29th? <laughs> Leap year, 2020. <laughs> I'm here with my boy um, Inus, and um, you know we're just trying to chop it up today. You know why not? It's a Saturday. Nice and windy outside. You might hear some cars go by. We're outside chilling, taking in this fresh air. Um, really, we're just trying to just roll with it, man. So what's going on? What's been going on with you? Man, just chilling, you know, just working school for the most part, you know, that, that, which is typically normal. That's typical for me. Work, school, you know, and now we're here chilling, trying to um, you know, talk about some issues, I guess, uh, to see what we got on each other's minds and, and see how we can, you know, resolve some issues, maybe. <laughs> We got a lot of issues, man. Yeah. A lot of issues. I mean, I know we were talking about it last week about um, looking at, uh, wait, we're, uh, I guess, Dwayne Wade's situation, man. I, I guess we could go back and talk about Dwayne Wade, man. Everybody wants to talk about Dwayne Wade and what what he was up to and everything like that, man. <laughs> but, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it, man? Do you, do you feel like he's warranted? Do you think he and... Um, he and his wife are warranted, you know, in that regard to say, you know, whether or not this their child is old enough to decide whether or not they they want to identify as a as a as a as a male or female or a woman. Oh, I want to say he's what twelve. I want to say something like that. I de- I definitely know he's not. In a, I think he's a preteen. Definitely he's not a teenager. Okay. No. Well, I mean, my thoughts on it on it is this. Uh, you know, uh, I think that parents do the best they can for the child. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, there's really, there's really, there's no book on parenting. You know what I'm saying? Just like there's no book on being a child. So I think what they're doing is, you know, that they've been informed that the best way to handle a situation like this is to let that child decide what they want to do. Um, which I think, okay, that's fine. But my whole, my whole, the one thing I would caution anybody that's going through that is, is uh, especially when we're talking about gender reass- reassignment, right? Because that's what we're talking about. Somebody doesn't wants to change their gender. Now, uh, because of the, the onslaught of information and, and access to images and imagery out here of kids changing their gender, um, I think what parents should do is first of all assess the age of your child. If your child is, to me, and this is just my opinion now, um, between the ages of 10 and 14, I will, I, will, I will tell them to exercise caution because children have a tendency to go through phases. Now, um, that's different than a child coming to you saying that I have feelings for the same sex. What this child is saying isn't that, you know, they're gay or they have feelings for the same sex. They're saying they're not supposed to be the sex that they are, which is a completely different thing. Now, not to interject, but do you... Hasn't he at one point? I, I'm not sure. Again, I, I haven't really followed it, followed it personally. Because um, like, I'm with you. I, I'm just saying that a parent, let parents parent, you know. But has he, I mean, I know that they went to uh, Gay Pride Week. Um, and, you know, of course, see, they got they got negative criticism for that. Because a lot of people are saying, um, shouldn't you shouldn't put your child out there. And if, if you want, if you don't want criticisms, you shouldn't put your child out there like that. I would disagree with that, though. I'll disagree with the criticism part because regardless of what you do, you're gonna have criticism. But and, and the fact of the matter is, if they weren't the way you and Gabrielle Union, nobody would have a fucking opinion about it anyway. True. I you mean, I, and I always so tell people that, especially with TMZ know. and everybody, you know. Exactly. And so the fact is, we don't know how many other people are in this situation. We just don't know them. But because we know who Dwayne Wade is, 
you know, that's why he's faced, he's, he, he had, he's gotten the criticism, you know. But as far as we t- uh, uh, saying, agreeing whether or not somebody should take their child into that environment, um, I think, okay, I think that gay pride celebrations have evolved. Um, at least, you know, from what I've seen. You know, they used to be, they used to be quite lewd. And I, I, I don't, I didn't think that it would be, I, I really didn't think it would be conducive to a child being there. Yeah. Because of how, you know, the activities that were going on, some of the displays. Now, they did have them in, it was, I think, what was it, the, the parade? They had them in the parade. I think it was during daytime. At that, okay. Yeah, it wasn't, well, I don't think they had them at the night night. Well, night. no, but yeah. even during the daytime, yeah. they used to have them. That was in Miami, right, wasn't it? Yeah, or I believe Daytona it was or something in yeah. Miami. Yeah. But either way, <laughs> some of the things that they usually do in those parades, during the daytime, was, you know, it had nothing to do with gay pride. It was just, you know, all about sex. Now, I can't, I can't say I've been to this particular parade. I don't, I don't know what they did. But the reality is, you know, if they want their child to understand exactly what it is they're getting themselves into, uh, I, I'm not sure that they were wrong. I don't think they were so wrong. So you, you would say kind of like it was like a dry run? Yeah, man, you know, okay, well, let me just let, let me just go see what see this how, celebration see is about. Because most likely, neither one of them have been, had, had been to any, any you know, event like that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's just a part of them trying to educate themselves. You see what I'm saying? And I think they wanted their child to, to you know, to see exactly what it was uh, that they wanted to be a part of. Because it's really a part of it. Now, the reality is, there's no way now, how, however that affects that child now, is going to be different in how they look at it in hindsight. You know what I mean? That's just how things work. Now, aren't they considering gender reassignment? Mm-hmm. Um, now, would you would you say that gender reassignment at, at adolescent age, do you think that is something that is uh, warranted? Like, do you think that they should be able to permit that? You know, me personally, I feel like when somebody says that they're going to gender reassignment, it's... Um, Somebody who makes enough money to be able to to achieve that goal. You know, I I know it's very costly. Now, um, and recently, I, I was told recently that certain insurance companies will pay for that. Is right. is that something that's uh, true or not? I, I mean, again, I wouldn't know um, whether or not you know that is something that the insurance companies can do. Is that is that a form of selective surgery? I guess you could say it is selective sur- surgery, and I think you know it's not it's not it's not a necessity. In the sense that, you know, like cosmetic surgery to a degree, uh, and I'm not sure it's, it's classified differently to an insurance company. You know, we probably will have, probably would have to get like an insurance rep to uh, to answer that because, you know, how they how they do their rules is you know they change over over time. But what I would say is um, that a person that's that's dealing who has a child that's uh, dealing with their, their identity in terms of their gender. Um, I think one of the things that I'm sure they've talked to their child, I mean, but they, they would have to understand what gender is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly what that means. What does that mean to have a gender? Um, and, and to change that gender, what does that mean to change it? You know, because now to me, when we're talking about transgenders, right, you have, okay, we know we're born male or female. Yeah. Based on our sex. Okay. So when we talk about man and woman or the gender roles as prescribed and which really becomes performance, you know what I'm saying? The roles that your gender 
and se- gender basically is the socially prescribed roles that you are, you're supposed to perform based on the sex you were born with. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So, are you then adhering to the same dichotomy that pretty much tells you what women are supposed to do and what men are supposed to do in terms of what you were born with? Or are you really transcending that? Because that really, to me, becomes the question. Now, exactly, what are you doing? And do you understand that at the age? Do you understand that at any age? Like, so transgenderism, to me, really becomes a question of if you're really transcending the idea of your sex that you were born with, and you want to just get away from uh, the gender roles that were prescribed, or are you saying you're just not what you were born as? Can you not be male or female? Can you not be a man or woman? Do you just eschew the whole idea of gender roles and interject something else that we really haven't really touched on or defined? That makes sense. Is there a new paradigm? You know what I mean? I mean now. Now you're 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 queer, right? Right. Okay. And and that's something that a lot of people have a hard time accepting. You know, when it comes to anybody. Um, do you do you have any I guess regards towards individuals who are queer, but then they tend to gravitate towards certain gendered roles that are prescribed by the opposite? And but it's it's like you said it's a performance. But do you think some of do you think it all is authentic or what is authenticity in that regard? You know, is it you know is it is it those people who are individuals who decide to uh, embark on this journey because it's they're trying to uh, find them themselves, or is it? I'm, I want, I, I, I want to uh, portray or have this caricature of what I think a woman should be, right. and and then it, and it comes out in this form of, I guess, uh, exaggerations of certain uh, negatives or positives right. in, in within the gender, right. you know. Or do you think it's something that again is something that just kind of comes one with, or is it something that? Some people rehearse, or do you think it's something that is just naturally in them—the way they walk, the way they talk, you know—or is it something that they've act? Because I mean, I mean, personally, again, from an outside looking in, I, I, I sometimes question whether or not some people are putting on a performance so that there's because they want attention, they're seeking attention, so they'll act a certain way, and um, and it's sometimes I mean, it, it's like it's. You know, I, I mean, personally, I don't have an issue with whoever you are. Be free. Be who you want to be. You know, but it's, it's one of those things where I've always questioned, like, is this person really being true to themselves or are they acting in a way that they think is uh, warranted because they are queer? It's like, well, I'm queer, so I have to act feminine or I'm queer, so I, ha- or I, act, I have to act masculine because I have to provide this bravado um, as far as, you know, both um, male or, uh, or female. Right. Well, I, that's, that's a really good question. I, I, and really, I think what people do is they adopt whether whether they identify themselves as male or female or somebody that, that says they're transgender. I think what they do is they do adopt the idea of normativity based uh, assigned to that particular gender, like uh, 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 what's what's considered effeminate or feminine is what someone who considers themselves gay in, in, in a lot of uh, in, in a lot to to a large degree. Um, they adopt what they consider to be feminine tendencies. Now, just like for, for a, a female who you know is a lesbian, you see a lot of them 
adopt what they consider to be masculine tendencies. And I think that's just based on the idea of what's been ensconced in our psyches in terms of what people are supposed to do based on what they're born as. And if you try to reverse that, if you say, yeah, I was born as a, uh, as a female, but I'm really masculine. So you take on ideas and ideology of what's been depicted as masculine. So while gender is performance and while these people are performing, I don't think um, they're doing it just to put on a, a performance or to give, an, uh, to, give uh, to get attention. I think what they're doing is what they've been pretty much told is, uh, uh, is what they're supposed to do based on how they identify themselves. You know what I'm saying? So you think it's a form of conditioning? It is. I mean, that's interesting. I, like I said, it's... <laughs> and yeah, this is one of those things, because I tell people it's like, man, you don't... Because you think about, think about it like this. You know, we say that, um, you know, there, there's some churches for the, you know... There's some churches who say that women shouldn't wear pants. But if you really think about it, pants didn't exist until, like, what, the 1870s, 1800s? You know what I'm saying? And so what were they what were they supposed to wear before that? Well, you know, I told somebody that the other day. Uh, they were saying about um, <laughs> you know having a guy wearing a dress, and I said, "What's the difference between a, a dress and a toga?" Right. Or or right. Um, exactly. or or, or um, you know or the uh, individuals who are certain parts of certain um, faiths. You know, there's right. the, the garments that they wear. Right. They're not togas, but you know, um, I, I can't remember the name right now. But you know, it's um, it's not a burqa. Uh, but but it's you know something that is it's, something that's something it's, it's not regard, yeah. and it's not considered what men are supposed to wear. Mm-hmm. And 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 but really and that that really brings into question who defines yeah. that. I mean even like I know uh, people don't realize that um, you know in a certain era you know men wearing uh, high heels or platform type shoes was customary. You know right. they but it transitioned to you know women wearing. Heels, but men actually wore those types of shoes prior. Right? Well, just like before the 1920s, um, blue was considered a passive color, so it was a sign of female, and pink was oh. considered an aggressive color, so that was a sign of boys. So I didn't it changed know that. after 1920. Wow. And then, so you know, as people started, you know, coming up with different advertisements and stuff like that, so then all of a sudden, blue became the more aggressive color, and it was a sign of boys that the color of masculinity, and pink became the more passive color that's a sign of femininity. So really the question then becomes how fragile are are the concepts of masculinity and, and, and I mean it makes sense. I mean so you know I mean, mean what about the people who wear uh you know yellow? It's like they want to be neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but is that not gender? You know, the fact that you're 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 trying to say no 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 yellow is neutral. Right. But it's like right, but you right. made that collective agreement that yellow is gonna be neutral in right. this debate of pink versus blue right you know when it comes to gender reveals and stuff like that you know i I find it really interesting that people have that workaround you know it's like they'll try to they'll try some some way to rationalize their um inability to admit that it's socially constructed that all of this is socially constructed that we right but it's like they're trying to find some way of not letting go of the structure but at the same time, find some type of comfort that well, at least I'm aware, but, oh, I'm, I'm going to stay neutral in this regard. You know, even when somebody has gender neutral pronouns on their emails, you know, they'll say, I, you know, gender acceptable pronouns are his, his, he, and, um, right. you know, right. it, or it, but versus, you know, other people. But it's that, I mean, it's one of those things where I guess I'm moving towards, like you said, have we gotten to that point where we've transcend, we've transcended these 
these these social constructions. We haven't gotten to that point, and and the fact that uh, Dwayne Wade and and Gabrielle Union taking their son to gay pride, uh, the fact that that's a conversation is a testament to the fact that we haven't gotten past that. I mean, but isn't it the fact that because we actually have to have a gay pride anyway, a week? It's it's well, it's it's crazy that we even have to go to that part. You know, I, I don't. It's weird that this is the conversation because you know there are, there are a countless amount of uh, celebrities or even um, civil rights leaders, you know, in the past that were queer, mm-hmm. but they, that wasn't their that wasn't their main objective to, to go towards. It was more of I'm me first. Right. I am queer, but it's that's that's not we're not talking about that right now. This is not you know that's a separate that's one of our separate issues that we're gonna take take right. on. But it's not, they didn't have to marry all of it together. It's like, I'm me as a person. Right. Let's get this accomplished. And right. then, okay, we can address the stuff later. But do you think everything has to be married together and taken on, you know, all in full fold? Or do you think we can compartmentalize these issues? Well, I think one of, one of the struggles is is uh, compartmentalizing issues, especially when it comes to oppression, right? So when we look at oppression... Um, we talk about racial oppression, and we know that's real. Uh, but so is the oppression of people whose sexuality didn't align with the heteronormative machination of acceptability, right? We know that too. We also know that women faced a lot of resistance trying to just get rights to vote and, and, and also, you know, just trying to go to work. They still do, you know? So I, th- I almost think it's... Um, I think it's a false precept to ask whether or not people should just separate all these issues because that's how the dominant class maintains their dominance. It's because we're coming at them one at a time. You see what I'm saying? You're coming at them as a group of black people who are who are asking for equal rights, right? So we'll give you what we'll give a few of you equal rights. A few of you are going to maintain and, and achieve middle class status and even higher than that. The vast majority of you aren't. Gay people. There are a lot of poor gay people. You know what I'm saying? But there are those who have much, uh, who have achieved middle class and even upper class status who pretty much are going to squash and shit on the gay people who have it. Women too. There are a lot of women who have done fairly well in this damn society. And the reason is because what they do the dominant class is they take the, the few people that they identify as acceptable and they give them, you know, uh, access to their class. And then what they do is they say, well, see, I got it. You can get it. But that's a farce. That's a lie. So I think in, in order for us really to break the system, it has to be, you know, a, an overwhelming amount of people, black, gay, straight, poor, women, you got to come together at some point. Otherwise, you're just fighting a losing battle. I mean, so what about, I guess, the individuals who are uh, queer, but they're also Republicans? Mm-hmm. You know, and naturally, that, because that, that I guess, often it uh, dignifies that a person is potentially uh, going to go against certain policies that would... Uh, Help their fellow, you know. So is, is that is is that interesting in the fact that you have those type of people who, who they are they are of queer, but then they're also say white, or they also are affluent. Um, are, are they like 
uh, recently, you know, there's been articles circling around that uh, there was an affluent uh, white lady who said that uh, she was white, she was affluent, but she was also, uh, her, her intersexuality, which was interesting that she used the term, she said her, inter- her that was her intersexuality, and her, intersexu- her intersexuality actually helped promote the, that demographic of women or, or, or people. You know, how do you, like, do you find that in that same realm of, say, a black Republican who is also queer? Or somebody, you know, is that also self-defeating? Or is that something else? Uh, because they are taking on terms and utilizing it for their own. Well, the, the thing is, um, so this is a white woman who uh, was basically saying that her intersectionality is what? Being, being, uh, uh, being white, affluent, and, and she said those are her intersexualities. <laughs> I would have to talk to her. <laughs> because, you know what I'm saying? Because, first of all, and, and, and that may be how she defines intersection. You know, basically what she's saying, I think, is that, you know, being a, a woman, being white, uh, being affluent. And she's also a feminist as well. And being a feminist is somehow the intersection of... Uh, uh, different ideas that she probably feels has been ostracized to some degree. But it's interesting because I, I know, and, and you know, of course, you 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 would agree that feminism and womanism are two separate things, well, two separate arguments. And, and you know what? And not only that, because if you look at feminism, first of all, black women were doing the work of feminism before feminism had had a term. You know what I'm saying? Um, Sir Jonas True, for example. You know what I'm saying? When she had to get up there and say, aren't I a woman? You, you, you white women out here talking about the stuff that you're entitled to. But guess what? I'm, I'm a fucking woman too. So why am I not entitled to that? So that becomes an intersection because of race and gender, right? So that's what I mean. I, I think when we talk about uh, intersections, we're talking about different factions of society that have been defined uh Typically by a, a, the dominant class that tells people who they are, and that intersection really represents the culmination of that per- person's personality and their acceptance or rejection of that. You know what I'm saying? You really get to a point where you accept how you've been defined, or you reject. It. And I think that's what the intersection represents. So when we talk about intersectionality, it's like, okay, I'm black, I'm male, I'm gay. I'm, I guess you could say middle class. That represents an intersection. Now I can do one or two things. I can say I can accept these precepts as they've been defined, or I can say, you know what? I reject all of that shit, and I realize that in order for us to achieve a greater amount of in- independence, um, that I have to discount the fact that I'm gay. Not discount the fact that I'm not not discount to a degree. But basically, understand that I'm just a, a clog in the system that's really assigned to oppress us all. You see what I'm saying? Because really, if you look at capitalism, there are very few people who have benefited in this system. And the reason the system is able to maintain itself is because it's, it's able to separate people into categories. Speaking of capitalism, <laughs> we're going to get to that one on the next section. Mm-hmm. Definitely check that out. Because we're going to be definitely hashing out when it comes to gentrification and um, how a lot of people have conflated that as a means for uh, social and economic uh, equality. 
um, especially when it comes to uh, partnering with local relief efforts and local community efforts right. um, as well. And, and it speaks across the board. I mean, uh, especially here in Atlanta, um, you know, you'll you'll, ne- you'll definitely see in certain uh, areas that used to be predominantly black, you'll notice there's uh, queer flags flying, and, um, and and it's one of those things where it's representing that uh, melting pot of America. You know, but it also speaks to uh, the values of those individuals who are moving in. But see, um, that's my point, too, is that you can't separate any of this stuff from economics because that's really what it comes down to. And it really be, it comes down to those who have controlled the economic discourse. And the reality is that when we start talking about middle class, there are many gay people, gay black people, who have done very well in this society. And they will fight you tooth and nail to maintain it. But the vast majority of us have not done well. And the the fact that they're able to propagate these people in front of us, put them in front of us as politicians, as business leaders, as social activists. Pete Buttigieg. People that you can identify with because of one issue. Can you identify, can you identify with a black gay activist? You. I mean, I personally can. I mean, especially when it comes to uh, certain policies. Right. But, but, yeah. but again, I, I mean, as an outsider looking in, I, I couldn't speak on um, the certain certain things that, you know, that, that group of people are looking for. You know, but I, I mean, now say, I would listen and adhere right. to it as a, if, if I personally was a politician. Right. Um, I, I personally would want to reach out and try to bring people together. But what exactly. And what I'll say to that is don't dismiss what these people are asking for simply because if you listen to what gay people have asked for now now I have a, a very strong critique of white gays because all they really want is middle class status they don't give a damn about what the struggles of black gay people and, and then the fact that so many of us have been disenfranchised they don't give a shit about that they just want middle class status because they are white and let's be real they're entitled and they still adhere to white supremacist tendencies. They still do. And the reason they do is because it's, it's been ensconced in them that even if you're gay, you're still white. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Poor white people have, it's been ensconced in them. Even if you're poor, you're still white. You don't have a diaper to change your goddamn childhood, but you say you're better than a nigga. That is problematic because you're supporting a system that still oppresses you just like it oppresses the black people that don't have shit. Yeah. Especially when you, yeah, you're right about that. I you mean, know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's oppressing us all. So like, like everybody says, point, if you dress you somebody up in a suit, past. you know, they would know. You would never know that they, right. a poor white man, if you cleanly shaved him exactly. up, put him in front of a exactly. boardroom of a Fortune 500 company, and say right. that's your new CEO. Exactly. Create a fake resume and everything. Right. Nobody would be the wiser. Everybody, the problem is, everybody would pretty much be like, oh, yep, that's because it. Yep, white that's people it. have thought, <laughs> and they've been taught that just because someone is white, they're automatically better than someone else. And they believe that shit. But racism itself is a function of cap- of the capitalist system. Man. It's a function of it. And now what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn sexuality into a function of it. And so really, that's what I'm saying in terms of people coming together and really creating a, a snowball effect against the system. The only way you can do that is really is really to get past your biases. Black, black people, we have to get you know past the the, the, uh, the biases against gay people. Gay people have, especially gay white, you have to get rid of the biases against black people. Women have to get past the biases of men, and men have to get 
have to get past the biases of women. Otherwise, we're just going to stay here. And that's why for so long, we, we're having this conversation, especially when it comes to economics and why people like, you know, Bernie Sanders and socialism, you know, the young people really listen to it and adhere to it because it's like, well, this system is fucked up and it needs to change. But the fact of the matter is you have so many people who are comfortable where they are. Black people, you know, we talk shit. We talk about racism, but we're comfortable where we are. Because if we weren't, we would have done something about it. White gays are comfortable where they are. Because if they weren't, they would have done something about it. Now, we're not talking about, you know, people coming together to fight a disease. Or people coming together to fight, you know, uh, um, uh, police brutality just for that particular segment of the population. Because police brutality is a fucking problem, period. It just is. You know what I'm saying? And if we don't attack any of that shit, we're allowing ourselves to be stuck and caught in the same system that has been in place for too fucking long and affected too many people negatively. And then at some point, we have to accept the blame that it's our fucking fault that we're passing this shit on to the next generation of people. Just passing the book, you say. You're just passing it. You got to accept the responsibility. But we won't. Because to a large degree, we're comfortable talking in our circles. We'll talk, we'll talk about it. But really, what are you going to do? Are, are we going to protest? Are we, are we going to stop spending money in certain areas? Are we, are we really going to uh, support black businesses? Are we? Well, you hear it. Like you said, are we? Are we really going to do this? Next session, like I said, is going to be, we're going to be talking about gentrification, economics, socioeconomic plights of minorities. Um, again, stay tuned. This is the Black Sun Podcast. Uh, like I said, we're doing it big this year, 2020. <laughs> like I said, this is my boy, Inus. Um, like I said, we'll be checking out soon, shortly. Thank you. Take care. And again, right. tune in. Yep. Yeah, I, I just think it's crazy, man, when people think about it. Um, it is. I mean, especially when it, when it comes to, like, how we're just, we're in this we're in this constant state of just, like, living somebody else's reality, man. I, I just can't get down with it, man. Like, I, I, like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I say things on Facebook here and there just to get buzzes, man, but it, it's real when people don't understand that we're not really living. Like, we're... You know, the Protestant ethic, people really don't realize, is really staunched and ingrained in our our our, our concepts of being and the reality. It, I just think it's just crazy, man, and nobody understands it. Like, you know, when it's, they're saying, you know, uh, hard work pays off. You know, if you work hard, you'll make it in the world. You'll be prosperous in life. And nobody understands that it's like the people who are saying this ended up getting, you know, uh, theoretically speaking, ended up getting loans from their parents or... You know, like, they'll say, oh, it's easy to start a business. Um, you know, I started with no assets or anything. All I did was borrow $20,000 from my parents. And it's like, dude, that was $20,000. Like, and, and your you, average poor person does not even have not enough reserves to last a month without if, their job. If you listen it's, to, it's, like, it's crazy. Like, uh, the president now, Donald Trump, yeah. for example, 
This motherfucker talking about, oh, well, I only had a million dollar loan for my dad. First of all, that wasn't a loan. Right. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, how much interest did you really pay back on that million? That. <laughs> if, you, if you appreciate that shit to now, that's like $10 million fucking dollars, bro. A word? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He got that shit like in the 60s. What the fuck do you mean? Yeah. I, see, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You have probably to before the 60s. Think about you it. You have yeah. to put it in context. It's like nonsense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and so when people start saying shit like that, you know, they, it really shows how detached they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I think a lot of people are detached. I mean, and like I said, I'm I'm not one to say that people, you know, like moguls, African-American moguls here in Atlanta are not doing something to combat socioeconomic issues and plights. Right. Um, you know, I have the utmost respect for people like T.I. and um, and Killer Mike, you know, ludicrous. I'm not saying that they're not doing things. Right. You know, I do know that T.I. has invested money in Bankhead. I do know that he's yeah. he's buying up corner lots, right. you know, in in, in um you know, on the other side of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium right. where he grew up. You know, right. I understand that they're re- reopening the, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, what is the, what is it, the um, Bankhead uh, Seafood. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, which I think is great. You know, don't get me wrong, but they're also building townhomes right down the road from where they're, they're doing that, and they're selling them for three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars I don't think that that's for the people who are going to be going to that seafood restaurant. Now, I'm not saying that he hasn't bought up empty, vacant lands, because I know he has, too. But I'm, I'm just one of those things where I'm like, man, y'all could have literally... And I'm, I'm, I don't fault him personally, because I know he's not hes not that old. He's not as old as some of the people who were in that area. Um, but, you know, I made, like, this comment about um, gentrification, and I was saying... Uh, I posted it on Facebook, and I was like, if you... Person, I was, I was, I was basically, I was saying, if you're one of those type of people who believes that, um, if you're just now trying to combat gentrification in your neighborhood, and you're just now saying that uh, we're gonna try to combat this, I say you're already 10 to 15 years late. Absolutely. Um, and I say that not just because people think of when I say it, they think I'm just talking about uh, houses being flipped and being sold for a higher price, which is driving up the property value. But it goes more into, it goes deeper than that. And it talks about, it takes about 10 to 15 years for all of the businesses to slowly leave. Um, the grocery stores are slowly closed. Well, they get taxed out. Um, you know, or, and, and, it's, and it's like well, these houses I see, you know. You know, there's areas, and it's not just in Atlanta. It's, it's across the board. Yeah, I'm like, you, you've seen time. houses. Been going on for a long You've time. driven by houses and seen them. Right. In a, in, a, in, a, in a state where it's like, okay, you can tell nobody lives there. You keep driving by it. Three years goes by, four years goes by. You might see some of the shutters falling off. Still, nothing. Nobody's saying anything locally that I know of, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the roof caves in or, or you know, there's a bad storm and a tree falls on the side of it. Again, nobody says anything. You know, it, it just stays. You know, you drive by. It's an eyesore. You know, about eight, nine, ten years, and all of a sudden, somebody comes over and it's boarded up. You know, okay, somebody boarded it up. Okay, you never see a for sale sign in front of the property ever. You know, you never see anything that's letting you know that it's up for sale. And then one day, miraculously, you go by and it's torn down to its foundation. And you're like, wow, like what happened? Who bought it? What happened? You know, what, what was the process of all that? And what I'm trying to get people to understand is like. People ride around neighborhoods to this day, write down addresses, 
and just write them down. Go down to the courthouse, look up who's delinquent in taxes, see if some of those addresses have delinquent taxes, who hasn't paid them. They'll pay those delinquent taxes. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you can literally just sit and wait, and if nobody pays it back, it's your it's your property at that point. And, and, and that's why I tell people it takes about 10 to 15 years for all of that stuff to happen, and you just got to be patient. Check this out too, though. They also have um, auctions at the courthouse once a month. Right. For tax liens. Yeah. So you don't even have to wait. You can go right, you know, maybe next next Tuesday or next Monday that's coming up. Huh. <laughs> and go to the courthouse in Fulton County or DeKalb, and um, you can bid on a tax lien. You can go check the house. That Mill Will did that. Wow. Now, we didn't bid on the house. But what we wanted to see was like, well, is this house even vacant? Uh-huh. Are people living in this shit? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you doing this? We just did it just to see what, uh, check the process. Just to see the process. Right. <laughs> so we went to this house, and this shit was off of uh, Piedmont. Uh-huh. The house, dude, the house itself cost damn, damn $400,000. No shit. No lie. Ooh. And prior went, to it being, um, but it or, was, for, or before. It was before. Before. You know, and so we went down, we, we drove past the house just to see what the fuck was going on. Dude, people were in that house. Oh, yeah. People were in that house. And if he comes here, he can tell you that. People were in that house. I mean, they had it, you know, furnished. You can see they had the curtains up and every damn thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lights on and everything. Yeah, like, the, it's just there. As if but it's the there. If we, had, if we had bid on that house, and these are white people. Uh-huh. If we had bid on that house and said... Waited a year and they didn't come up with their tax. So money. how long does that it take for you out? to get the? I never knew the process directly. Well, Again, I just well, I feel like I told you, I know these things, but yeah. I mean is, I'm a hypocrite because I don't go do it myself. No, but but is, <laughs> I mean, but it's one of those things. On it, you pay, you pay, you know, the, the tax lien. Now, if over a year they pay their tax, they pay their taxes, they get them caught up or whatever, you get your money back. So it's not like you're just out of money. But at the same time, if they don't pay that shit, that house is yours. And you very well may have... So you say after a year? After a year. Wow, it's just that quick. After a year, if they don't catch those taxes up, that house is yours. And you can get the sheriff to go kick them the fuck out. I mean, now... Okay, so it it becomes yours, but you're still paying on it, though, right? Like... So so it's just out yours outright. If the car... Now, the house... Say if the house wasn't paid off. Right. Would that... You would take on the the remainder of how much the house is uh, owed? Or how does that work? You're paying the taxes okay. because the mortgage is theirs. Oh, okay, you okay. You haven't signed a mortgage for that house. Okay. You are only taking over the tax responsibility. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Now, whatever tax responsibility comes after that, then you got to pay that. But that mortgage is theirs. Huh. They got to pay that mortgage. Now, say if you did that, is there a way that you could, um, say, become their landlord in a sense and let them stay in there, let them you stay could. there. You absolutely But that, that that is a way you could do something like that you too? You could, but, uh, but, but, uh, but I would assume that there, there has to be some um, some legal documentation okay. that, that goes to the mortgage company because, they, you know, again, the mortgage company. Now, if the, if the county takes over that house, if the county seizes that house because you haven't paid your taxes, then that's the county's house. Huh. I mean, so I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's one of those things. Like, then what? What would be like? How do you actually buy the home? Like, how do how do you personally, if you say you did the delinquent taxes and you did that, it would be interesting to see. Like, because you said that's their mortgage, so yeah, you would have mortgage. to actually get a second mortgage, your no, own no, no, mortgage no, no, on the no, house. No, or? no, no. You pay no. When the county seizes that house because they haven't paid their taxes, you paid the county for that house. That's how it becomes yours. 
So what? What? Okay. So what would you have to pay after the fact? What, say if you got it after the year, what would be the next step? And you then that's your issue. You don't have a mortgage on that house. So you own that house outright. It's, it's almost as yeah. It's almost as if really because so that's a, like the money. So say this. they owe like say they owe sixty thousand more dollars on their on their. That's um, on them. That goes on their credit. And you don't have to pay anything else for that house. Well, how, how would you? You didn't sign a hundred twenty. Huh. You didn't sign the three hundred thousand dollar mortgage. They did, but when they bought that property. They, you, you tacitly agree, not tacitly agree, you legally agree to pay the taxes on that shit. Okay. Now, it's just like if they pay the house off, you still got to pay the taxes on that shit. So you're saying... And, hold on. Look, now, if people lose their houses because even, even after they pay the house off, no more mortgage. They don't pay the taxes. People who inherit houses see this a lot. You inherit a house, and somehow, somehow, I don't know how, they don't realize they got to pay the taxes on the shit. And so what happens is that you lose your house because you haven't paid the taxes. That becomes a property of the county. Wow. So people who bought that shit, guess the fuck what? That's their house. People who bought the tax, who paid that lien, they own the house. Four or $5,000 maybe. Huh. So, so you say that it's that simple. So there is no excuse for people who, you know... You know who have that type of capital, liquid, liquid asset. You know they have the actual. Right. Uh, what, what do they call it? It's not liquid. Yeah, it is a liquid asset, right? Yeah. Or is it? So I know that other people yeah, use certain people terms. People who don't have their liquid cash. So yeah, absolutely now equity. Well, yeah. So yeah. you have your own personal equity in, in, involved. But even we're talking about liquidity because liquidity is really what you have on okay. hand. If you can go to the to the bank and take out five thousand dollars, that's liquid cash. Okay. You know we're not talking about assets because assets could be a house. It could be your stocks and bonds, whatever. We're talking about liquid cash, money that you have on hand. Mm -hmm. If you have that money on hand, then absolutely you can do it. And that's what people do. That's what people do. That, you know, people go to the county every fucking month. People know about that shit. Investors. But see, the thing is that when it becomes an auction, investors can always outbid you. Of course. I mean, but you know now, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, because technically, I mean, don't banks have, like, they'll, they'll actually pay... Or not pay, but there's people who work with the banks. They're, they they kind of go hand in hand with the banks, where they will, um, you know, get these properties for the bank, where they they will bid on the bank's behalf, or like somebody who who works at the bank yeah. can bid outside of the bank and actually bid on these properties. Is that is or is that like a legal thing? Like you think well, that's kind of gray? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think that depends on the agreement. Like if, if a person who works for Bank of America, yeah. for example, if they go out and bid on the property for the bank. They can only bid on it for the bank. Okay. Now, if they um, if they're bidding bidding on it for themselves, then that's something different. Okay. But as but they could get the resources from. I mean, they. I mean, well, they would know. I mean, but right? the bank would have to give it to them. Okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And the bank, they would have to sign an agreement too, like a promissory note to pay the bank back for whatever the bank decided to give them. It's just that's like a loan. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not cool, cool, but I mean, you. Oh yeah. man, that's crazy. Yeah, man. but you know what? And that's that's the thing about it. It's like, dude. We, a lot of times, people don't understand the traps that are set. Because, I mean, when you get a house, for example, what, you have your escrow account, you have your, your payment set at, like, say, $747 a month. Uh -huh. You can pay that no fucking problem. You got your escrow set. You have uh, uh, your insurance. All of that shit set. What you don't factor in is the fact that at some point, your taxes can and will go up. So your payment may be $747 now, maybe even next year. But at some point, that payment's going to go up because when the taxes go up, you have to come up with 
whatever amount of money is 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 the difference in your payment. Really? Yeah. So that that could happen in the middle of the year. That could, well, it, it typically happens at the end of the, I guess the fiscal year. Okay. And and to where you know the, the insurance company says, well, well, not the insurance company, but the, the, the county comes out and they assess your property. Um. And, and how they assess it, you know, they look at if, if you've made any renovations or just the area itself is worth more now. Why? I don't know. To me, I think it's completely arbitrary and I think it's bullshit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy because, again, like, again, looking at the, the process, the, the, the houses, because it's, it's one of those things. Like, I've seen houses online that were selling for uh, the person to buy the house for $20,000, $50,000. And then they'll show you the estimated houses around right. it. And they're selling for three hundred thousand, yeah. four hundred thousand, but it's like, man, it's crazy that see, you is, can do something like that. Because it's like, how do you value that? When you talk about gentrification, it really, is, it's really not about property value. Okay. It's really about people value. People value. Yeah, because the reality is, if if, if a black person over, if a black person who worked at, at a corporation moved here, they made like five hundred thousand dollars. The taxes would probably go up, you know, immediately. It wouldn't be that much. But if a white person moved over here, they wouldn't even have to have a job like that. Really? Automatically, their property value goes up. Now, now they did say that, uh, what is it, uh, African-Americans and other minorities pay higher interest rates for their homes. Yeah. And um, they, they, they do look at their credit, but they also, like you said, they look at the other factors of race and, and yeah, absolutely, age. And, absolutely. Uh, I mean, now, do you think... I mean, do you think it's... Uh, I mean, because, again, you know, with student loans and stuff like that, I mean, that also affects people. I mean, personally, you know, I was affected by that when I tried to apply, even though my credit score is almost 700 and my, my wife's is, almost, is over 700. You know, they told us that our that the income was off and they right. said I didn't make enough, even though I'm not paying on those student loans right now. Right. I was told that that's a problem. But I was also told that if I really needed, wanted to get in a home, I should try now to, to I guess, help ease that. And I can make the argument that, uh, well, I am, I am in you the know, process. Honestly, honestly, straight up, I, I would advise you to wait uh, maybe a, another year or two. And the reason is because the, the housing market is high right now. I mean, yeah. Well, I heard it's a, it's a, it's a uh, high market, but I heard it was more of a, it was a sell market right now. Well, like a lot because, of people were trying to sell. That's because people realize that right now, um, property values are high. Okay. So they're trying to get their money and then get the fuck out of those houses. Huh. Because you realize when shit gets high, it's a bubble. It's going to burst at some point, just like it did in 2008. And really, if you think about now, it's been, what, 12 years since then? We're due for another uh, bubble burst. And I it's going to happen. But it's, and so it's, that's it's, what, it's crazy. And so I, why I tell you that I, I will wait? Because when you, when these property values decline, that's when you want to get them. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to get them when they're high. So, so it's basically the same thing with the stock market. It, 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 basically, it, it's like it when the market is, is when the market is high, don't, don't mess with it. When it's low, get as much as you can. You get, I mean, it's what even but, when people were talking see, about the market crashing now. Yeah. All I could think was <laughs> how much of those how much of those shares are going to get bought out by wealthy wealthy people because they can afford to buy those stocks even though they're not making money right well, now they do they understand okay this is but do you think that that's a way of redistributing those stocks you know the the, the investments in stock you know because it's like somebody who like who's working class who's trying to nickel and dime it right. you know via uh, certain apps right you know uh do you think that's kind of one of those things like when it looks at you know okay i'm a 
I have to. I have no choice but to sell because I need money right now. I'm liquid. Right, I'm, I have absolutely. no liquid assets. I'm poor. Right. I have to cash this out. Absolutely. But wealthy people are like they have that. They do. You know they they have the. Then, I can I can they can give a thousand ten thousand dollars, and not miss that yep. ten thousand yep. dollars because they really didn't need it. Like, right. do you think it's beneficial for people who really don't have the money to invest to invest? I think it's beneficial if they invest at the right time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And really, it's about timing. I think it's beneficial, like, again. So, 401ks, and do you think, well, four, do you think four, four, those are... 401ks were never meant to be long-term retirement plans. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Th- those are investments, period. So, do and you they think go that those are... Uh, they weren't meant to be, like, you, you, you keep your money in this shit for 30 fucking years. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden you're going to have money when you retire. That's not true. You know, and it, it was never meant for that because the reality is just like a lot of people who were set to retire like around two, between 2008, I'll say between 2007 and 2010 or 11, you know, a lot of people lost damn near everything they had in their 401k. They were relying on that money to retire. They couldn't retire. They yeah, had to either work bar- later some or find borrow on their 401ks too. Yeah, and people do that too. They Which I heard you have to, that, that gets taxed, right? <laughs> like, well, it depends on how you do it. If how you, you do if it? If you take it out as a withdrawal, um, then it gets taxed. If you take it out as a loan, which you have to pay back, then it doesn't That's get taxed. That's crazy. Well, I mean, how do you tax somebody that it's their money? I don't. Well, what happens? I don't is, understand. Like, wasn't it already just, taxed prior well, to you? It depends getting, on how you set that up. Like, like you have. Now, see, that's the thing. It depends on how you set it okay. up. Okay. Because. You know, you have your your pre-tax and your post-tax. Now, you can set it up as a Roth, which basically is the government takes their money off top. That's the Roth uh, uh, 401k. Okay. Now, if you don't do the Roth and you're getting your money as it is, when you retire, that money has to get taxed because it wasn't taxed (laughs) before. Oh, man. I mean, but that's crazy, though. I mean... It's like, it's like, man, they're going to get theirs regardless, well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, the government's going to get their fucking money, bro. You better believe that shit. If they ain't going to get nothing else, they're going to get I their mean, money. I mean, but what's crazy is shit. the money is not real. Like, that's it's not, that's my whole thing it's about it. It's, currency. It's, it's really crazy that it's the government creates the money, yeah. right? Yep, yep. It's based on some, you know, standard. Um, I don't know if it's still based on the gold standard or no, not. But there's no gold reserve. Yeah. There are no gold reserve. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's crazy that we, and, and really we don't realize don't, that. People don't realize it's, that if the, if the dollar fell, there is nothing else to back it up. I mean, but the dollar won't. We don't know that. I mean, well, the reason why I say it won't is because, you know, we're tied this. in with the IMF and the World well, well, Bank. Let me say this. And, let me say this. I mean, I mean other, other countries have failed because they matched the, the dollar, you know, with or Argentina tried. and... Or uh, Tanzania, you know, they, they, they literally bankrupt themselves with that. I mean, I'm not sure if, um, I know they were trying to say something about socialism and, uh, which, which state, which, which South American nation is it that they said is a socialist nation uh, now? I think it's Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. I, I mean, there's articles talking about Venezuela right now saying that, um, socialism destroyed Venezuela. It wasn't so and, and I was like, dude, that happened like two, that happened like late 2000s, right? Mid 2000s. Not only that. I was like, the guy but, who was but before, they uh, the guy who was prior to the guy who they right. had was a, they right. said he was ruthless with now, it, bro. But, but the, 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 what they haven't told you is that the United States and the West blocked goods going to Venezuela because they wanted socialism to fail. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Cuba, too. I it mean, is. And a lot of people don't realize, like, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, and that's why I said with the IMF and the World Bank, because if you don't, if you, if you do that, like, I, I mean, recent and recent, this happened this morning. I don't know if you heard of it, but they said that uh, the Taliban is about to uh, 
come to peace with America, with the U.S. But my whole thing was, this, when I was in high school in, in the 2000s, early 2000s, they were telling us that the Taliban was bad. Well, you know, now they're bad. like, oh, now they're trying to establish well, something with them after you've cut off the head a couple of times and you probably are still some cool, right. you know, some cool leader who's going to basically but, bend to U.S. U.S. and foreign well, relations they, they, policies. They hope, and they hope it will. I mean, but do you think that that's... Do you think that that's one of those ploys to disband the fact that the like with Gaddafi and some of the other Arab nations wanted to come together and unify but and see, create currency outside of the U.S. dollar to promote oil? And that's exactly or, what or I was like about with the euro, about. you know, or when like you think Gaddafi, that's why we're doing that? But but Gaddafi, when I when I when I say that's exactly what I was about to do, you're military, so I mean, right. what I'm saying is that Gaddafi wanted to have a unified African currency. Okay. And the reality is this. Oh my God, the reality is this, bro. Africa right now, if it wanted to, could bankrupt the fucking world. True. Because the resources that the West needs are there. And yeah. if they charge them at cost, just straight well, up. I always tell people like uranium, people don't know uranium cost, is, is but there. But if they man. charge them more, yeah. there's absolutely no way that the West could sustain itself. I mean, but, and so they won't let it happen. I mean, I know a lot of people are trying to pull. They won't let it a lot of people are talking about, you know, we're talking about US and Africa. I mean, there are a lot of U.S. nations that that operate out of Africa. You know, but, but they have to like, devalue the African currency. Okay. They have to because if they don't, if they if, if Africa really was able to, and that's why you know what somebody I seen something saying, on a billboard talking about if Bitcoin. African countries was if African countries were really able to to develop a nuclear weapon and defend themselves against Western aggression. I'm telling you right yeah, now. Once you try to do nukes, man, you done. Well, man. well, you, you need you need backup. Yeah. You do. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I. Mean, Iran, they say China's trying to help, but a lot Iran of is doing too. China's trying to help China. You know, Iran is developing a nuclear weapon now, and you know why? Yeah. Because goddamn it, the West won't attack a, a country that has nuclear weapons. Iran, the West will not attack India. They have nuclear weapons. They won't attack Pakistan like that because they have nuclear weapons. Yeah. And. Bitch, it's gonna be mutual destruction. We all gonna die in this bitch if you try that. You know what I'm saying? Kamikaze, if, African, man. If, if African nations could straight up develop a nuclear weapon, yeah. I mean, but I don't. There's nothing the West could do. The only reason why I say that we won't. Currency. Well, I, the only reason why I say nothing. we won't is because, well, 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 why the U.S. will stay the way it is is because we have more military installations across the world than anybody. And, and I tell you, we are but empire. Think about that. But I mean, when you look at they, they, they have um, there's a there's a, a, a map there's a map that shows. All of the military bases that we ha- we have and operate, the but these are the ones that we know. We don't know about the black ops yeah, sites. Yeah, you know, exactly. the, we know that there's everywhere. Right, but right. if you look around the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. literally all around the ports of the Mediterranean, we have military bases. Is that not a form of control, like an empire type mentality? Because it's like no I, when I when I like when I said I'm like you know when no I said doubt. we won't crash, just because we have a metaphorical gun. To everybody's head, like like we no are, doubt. our backs are against the wall right now. No doubt. But I'm and just see, like, see, you think is, about it. Nobody will mess with us because we do have that metaphorical gun, which are nukes. We do. But the thing is, the thing that we have to take into account too is that, you know, all empires fall. You know, they just do yeah. over time. And, and what happens is, typically, you stretch yourself so thin, and we have resources everywhere yeah. that if we got attacked home here, I mean. Seriously, if, if Russia decided to come from, you know, Alaska and come come down, or or if they decided to go to Mexico, but they don't have a, they don't have a navy, man. Our navy is so, what I'm saying is our this. navy is the best and the what, most, what, right? What, what I'm saying I mean, is whoever this. owns the seas controls everything. Well, right. Person. But what I'm saying is this: there are always 
evolutions in warfare. Yeah. So yeah, you may have the seeds, but when you have people who can infiltrate your country through psychological operations, tapping into your technologies, hacking, and, and hacking, most of our technology comes from China. Yeah. So you know who knows what the, the developers fuck they put on these uh, chips. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's weird. I mean, well, and I so, know they were talking about what, what it is certain is, minerals and metals that they say that they use right. to make these materials they, are right, always which there. Typically, they get from Africa. Yeah, no. but, but the thing is that being arrogant has never served any empire well. And so we keep thinking that we have the best military. We have we spend the most on our military. It doesn't mean that we're invincible. <laughs> so you don't think we're the? I mean, I still think we're the most efficient. I mean, as far no, as as far I, I as the say, as far as our abilities when it comes to we're the to, most aggressive. We we we, we have we, we've developed the most uh, weapons. I think the most sophisticated weapons. But um, and that's why we don't want China developing their military because the fact of the matter is they have far more people, and there's. China, at some point, can overwhelm America. And see, what we don't realize... I mean, is, what they already have when it comes to education and everything see, else. See, know, we're not number one in a lot of that. You no, know. But, and, but see, the thing is that, you know, once they get to the point where they're really developing their, those weapons and shit, do what can we do? You can't overwhelm... See, the American... See, that's why it becomes push-button push button warfare, because... You know, we basically try to get, we try to intimidate countries into doing what the fuck we want. I mean, we do when, when it but, comes to them borrowing loans and, and or we'll we'll we make borrow, we'll get. But we borrow money. Like we'll get people to well, yeah, we do, but but we it's money. but it's crazy that you know? like <laughs> even though we do borrow that money, the fact that we have that gun to everybody's head, they will keep giving it to us because. They they can't stop it. But see, like no, we no, don't no, they no, don't understand how unpredictable see, those. You, you we don't know where the, a lot of people don't know we have. They don't know where those nuclear weapons are. But America of. is young in terms of longevity. Yeah, it's still only what two hundred, not even three hundred years yeah. old yet. So the reality is, the brightest stars burn out the fastest. You know what I'm saying? And the more money you spend, the more debt you get in. At some point, you're gonna, you're gonna break yourself. Yeah. And that's just, and, and, and I think a lot of a lot of nations understand that. The United States is going to fail, and it's not yet. You know what? We can't fight them now. Guess what? They're not going to be able to sustain that. Huh. And that's what the United States don't get. We don't get that. We think that because we are where we are right now, that we're going to maintain that in perpetuity. It's not going to happen. So it's you, never happened. United mean, States, we're going to burn ourselves out doing the shit we're doing. I mean, it speaks to. I mean, I guess it, it just is what it, it is. If you don't change. Yeah. You're gonna burn your fucking self out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think we're seeing it. A lot of people don't, you know, they don't realize you it. You gotta I mean, rein that shit in, especially when it comes to like the cost of living and stuff like that. Now, I mean, a lot of people think it's natural, but it's like, you know, everybody's hungry and want more, you know, uh, yeah, across the board. And I think a lot of people are trying to wake up to the fact that we don't have control over certain things in our lives, you know. And I, I mean. I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, of course, you know, we have a lot of um, international uh, uh, individuals who've, who've migrated to America and become yeah. U.S. citizens. They've seen what happens abroad, and they're trying to, they're trying to get people who are who, who've only been in America, who've never left the country, right. to see that um, America is just a blip on the on the on the world map. It, it can fit within Africa, China, United States, and a couple of other, Australia. They all can fit within the continent of Africa, and and, and it's crazy that people don't realize how small we really are compared to that. You know, compared to other continents and, and, and regions. You but know? think about think about this um, in terms of global domination and imperialism. Seriously, think about how small America is, right? Yeah. 
how <laughs> even smaller than America is England. England's a fucking island. Yeah. How the fuck did these goddamn inbred genocidal motherfuckers take over the world the way? Because America really is a derivative of England. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so how the hell did that happen? And that's really what we need to assess. And to me, even on the scholarship side, we haven't done that work. No. We have not. We haven't figured out. We haven't studied. How the hell did that happen? And we're not just talking about Africa. But we all, I mean, we're we talking all know, about China. But we, we, all know what, we all know how it happened. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where I think how? people have how? different, people have different um, perspectives on things. Fuck know? perspective. We want to talk, look, look, what, how? Well, we haven't, I'm telling you what we have, we, we've studied it from the, the, the perspective of people who have been victimized by it. We're going to come back. Oh, um, I just wanted to, um, you know, touch base on everything. We're going to come back. Like I said, this is going to be sec- session three coming up. Just like I said, stay tuned. We'll get back to you. <laughs> I had a trip. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, we just chopping it up, man. Like I said, but y'all, y'all come back. Like I said, man. <laughs> like I said, like I said, just stay tuned. We're, we're gonna keep on hitting it up. I didn't realize All right, now again, this is the Black Sun. We're doing a. Um, I don't know how many sessions we're gonna do today. Like I said, it's February 29th, man, 2020. <laughs> we're doing it big. Bro, I didn't realize we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, man, we was gonna do well, this. No, man. What you gonna say? I didn't know. That's cool. But I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> But just, just saying as black people, I think one of the one of the things that really inhibits us is we don't understand that we we don't understand the fact that we really are pioneers of most of the things that we study even in academia. If we're talking about sociology, if we're talking about art, if we're talking about archaeology, we really are the progenitors of it all. But we don't name it a lot of times and we don't really Put ourselves in, in position um, to get the credit that we deserve, and I think over the past, I'll say maybe hundred years since Du Bois, um, we really see the value in not only what we do, but what we not only what we have, but in what we do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think. Because our education is so Eurocentric, you know what I'm saying? It's so European. We we have not allowed ourselves to realize that we haven't just contributed to civilization. Goddamn, we birthed it. And I think to a large degree, you know, we could talk about history and, and well, what's the relevance of all this stuff now, dude. That's the reason white supremacy exists is because they believe they've done every fucking thing. If they didn't believe, if they knew what we knew, for real, they would realize they weren't, they weren't. You're not the apex of humanity, bitch. You're just not. And it's not an insult. That's just reality. So you, you think we're basically in the age of, we're, we're in the Greco-Roman age. And this is their time to, on the global scale, to, to put their stamp on, on, on humanity. Humankind. We're not in the Greco-Roman age. I mean, I, I said it only because of you know, <coughs> you know, when you look at. Basically, I always tell people that America is the is the progressive. It's the moving of the Roman Empire. 
you know, the Roman Empire started in one, you know, you had the Byzantine Empire and all that started it, and it just started to slowly move back east right. toward, towards Europe, you know, once you got into, uh, you know, uh, you know, when it, you know, like the influx of the Berbers and all this other kind of stuff, and, you know, the the decline of Islam, because a lot of, you know, Islam was at its pinnacle at one point, the, the and then, you know, then Christianity became more worldly and more widely accepted through Constantine and everybody else, and then, you know, you, and then you had through conquering of all of it, and then when you got, you you know, you go into that era, and then you move slowly into that, that era of, uh, of world domination, like Napoleon and all these other kind of people. Right. You know, and then, you know, like, again, slowly, but it, it just slowly pushed its way all the way back east, to the point where you know the center of their of their being was in there, and you have like the Roman Catholic, the, the Catholics are in Italy, was it Rome, you know. But you know some of the larger churches are in what England, absolutely. Notre, Notre Dame, you know, uh, places in Paris and France, you know, you that those are like some of the epicenters of, of the Christian faith and the Roman the Roman infrastructure when it comes to like some of the building construction and stuff like that. But what I'm saying. But really, 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 what I'm trying to say. But I also is, think that they don't have, they, they realize that they, they lived on a rock, right? And, it, so, and, it's, and it's rock, and it's basically you know inhabitable. It is inhabitable. You know when it comes to growing really grow vegetation. It, yeah, so it's like but, you had to find somebody else who could grow it for you. Somewhere else though. But what I'm saying too is that I think as black people. Hey, how you doing, Helen? Good. How you doing? <laughs> But, but what I'm saying too, as 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 black people, is they don't care what's going on. But they, um, I think that as black people, because so much of European Europe's history has been put in our faces, you know, the Byzantine Empire. We, you know, we can talk about the history itself, the Byzantine Empire. We can talk about uh, Napoleon, um, even the, the Anglo-Saxons, you know, and, and and the Saxons conquering of of, uh, of Germany. You know what I'm saying? We can talk about how they conquered Europe and all that shit. We can talk about that. Uh -huh. But we know about that, yeah. at least to some degree. It might not be enough, but basically what they want to give you is their dominance. Well, but isn't give, that something see, that um, but, people like Hegel and, I mean, because Hegel mentions, you know, in his, in, in what is it, uh, Phenomenology of the Mind, or I want to say, right. um, Hegel talks about, and it's, I mean, Marx, you know, they all have this uh -huh. understanding of the, uh, the fire nation and in in but, their in their people and it's their whole thing. The is, that they didn't if do. you don't do, we're gonna we're, we want we're gonna conquer. Right. Our our, our goal is to conquer and 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 have dominion over others, right. and and basically bend them to our will. Right. And their whole thing is either you're gonna comply with what we want willingly, or we're gonna take it by force. Either way, you're going to get on this ship of Let's world domination or but capitalism. Point, but that, that yeah, because their whole thing is we're gonna capitalize point, on anything and everything and consume, consume, but consume. That's, that's my point. But their whole thing my is about where they're is, not trying to, you know, be peaceful. No, no, but that's my point. And not only, and so you have to not just look at, the, at how they're, they're taking over these countries, but you have to look at not in the countries, but these territories. Now, not only how they take over these territories, but what they educate the people. Even like Australia. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'll be ready in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's go ahead and close. Put them up. But yeah, but um, but not only how they take over these territories, but what they inform the people of. And what I'm saying is we haven't gotten ahead of that. You see what I'm saying? And so we haven't we, we've experienced the onslaught of white supremacy. 
talking about Hegel. They're not trying to be peaceful. Yeah. And that's really what they're saying. Now, Marx, we could talk about Marx and communism. And they're not trying to be peaceful. We could talk about Hegel. We could talk, you know. Like, they're telling you what they're going to do. But, and they just do it. So why are we so shocked? Because we why are we so why are we so shocked? They, they te- they're the telling of, you we haven't gotten ahead. We're of gonna the do this. And it's like why are you so shocked when they smack you in the face? It's like they told you we ha- they're gonna do it. The thing is, it's not about the shock of them smacking us in the face. It's about the fact that we really haven't developed a response to it. You know you're going to get smacked in the face, but you haven't really thought about what the fuck you're going to do when you get smacked in the face. I mean, other, I mean, African leaders have tried. I mean, especially when it came to the decolonization of Africa. I mean, but they didn't decolonize. You had, Africa. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, even people like, see, like, like, see, like, with, like Amilcar Cabral and, and Gugi Watiago. I mean, some of these people were yeah. talking about, you know, really trying to challenge and combat racism and violence. I mean, without that, I mean, it was one of. But those see, things. the thing is, you can't combat racism. And adopt the paradigm of the, the original races. And if you look at African political systems, social systems even, they're pretty much mimicking Europe. You got these, like I said, you got these black ass judges walking around with powder wigs on. You look at Zimbabwe, you look at Uganda, you know what I mean? You look at Angola. Th- these judges, that's how they dress because they are ensconced in white supremacy. I mean, but they. They're, look, let me just say this. You think there that's is only absolutely no more white supremacist continent. In Africa, and I'm gonna say that. I mean, would you because say that, or you just say that the fact that they're, they're colonized and they have that neo-colonial mindset, and it's staunched in that point. they haven't decolonized. I mean, now I have seen places where they're trying to do like African Bitcoin, and they're trying to uh, create a currency outside <laughs> of that. No, no. I mean, quick, do you think that, that can move beyond think, that? Think about what you just said, though. African Bitcoin, it still feeds into their system. Bitcoin wasn't created by us. I mean, but they, I mean, but I'm saying, but that's like a tool though. I mean, would that not take the hands out of that? But who? Who gonna take the hands? Where you gonna get Bitcoin from? Bitcoin's digital though. It it is digital, but uh, but it's a digital platform. Don't even, don't even, don't even feed into that because Bitcoin itself is a digital platform created by them. That's what I'm saying. We have to be, we have to think outside of their paradigm. You have to be a for yeah, and that's what we have to take. We have the technology. We have the people who can think of it. We got the resources right there in Africa. It's all there, but we just haven't mechanized. We haven't come up with the idea. We haven't imagined ourselves outside of their paradigm, and that's what I'm saying. We haven't gotten ahead of it. With we have it, but we haven't gotten there, and that's what we need to assess. Why? Why the fuck are we? Are we and, and that's what pisses me off when I was saying earlier. How black women did the work of feminism before it was called feminism. How black men did the work of, of, of fighting for gay rights before there was gay rights. The fact of the matter is, we never give it a name, and we never. And that's fine if 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 you're using it for a purpose. I mean, but, that, but if you're not, I, I get with the, without. I mean, that's I guess nameology is another thing too. I mean, because like people don't like with the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, technically but, the Pythagorean theorem is represented in the pyramids yeah, and some of the right? some of the. Uh, some of the Actual and how do we know architecture and engineering structure, that. but that's the thing. I guess would it, would it need a name, or is it that it is what it is? Like it is. But you let know, it be. Coming from an African cosmology, naming is everything. You know, because it, 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 in some African cultures, it doesn't exist until it have a name. Until it has a name, that's just the way it is. I mean, but and that's, that's I guess doesn't it speak? Doesn't it speak without? Doesn't it speak without words? I guess you could say. Like the actual the, the the representation of the pyramids 
or some of the architecture is that not the word itself I can see it that way I absolutely can see it that way. I mean, but I understand what you're saying when, when it comes to numbers. I mean, but the, but the reason, because I mean, like, what is, I know some people say, what is it, uh, like God? You know, they, right. they say God represents uh-huh. uh, generator, operator, and destroyer. Right. But that that's the embodiment of man. Or, you know, say they say Allah stands for arm, leg, leg, arm, head. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got you, you know, basically saying we are God, you right. know, in a sense that it's like we have the ability yeah. in, within us absolutely. to produce whatever is necessary in that sense, you know, right. as far as the fleshly is concerned. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. Like, I know they try to say that uh, arguments that some of the pyramids were actually satellites. You know, they're yeah. actually beacons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they I, used, you know, they were saying that they actually uh, used to store. I energy. heard that there, there, there was actually uh, it was a battery, basically, that yeah. used to generate and store natural light and energy in the water. I mean, so I, I don't, I mean, it's weird, man. I mean, to think about that kind of stuff. I mean, ever, like people wonder, like, how did you get some of those stones in that area? Right. That but, were that, that that to this day we don't have the equipment to move those types of stones. Or no. they tried to build you know some happened. of the uh, one of the arguments was Egyptians didn't travel in the deep seas because mm-hmm. their ships wouldn't carry. Right. But that's that's actually a myth that some of those they actually could endure certain right. currents. Right. You know, or they'll say that uh, one of the Ramses kings had uh, tobacco in his lungs or cocaine or something like that. That's from South America, basically. So right. it's like, how did that happen? But not clearly, only that. there were people who were traveling and networking. But think about, but think about better Egypt. than what we're clearly what we're doing now. But think about it. Without Egypt, and talking about the pyramids in Egypt, you know, those were the biggest ones. But they, they, Egypt didn't have the most. Yeah, of course you got you got the ones down in Nubia. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, down, so, down in the Sudan, and they and go the Sudan, all the way up exactly, the Cataracts. Yeah. Ethiopia, all over. And so it's like you go through the continent, you see pyramids. Those were the biggest. Yeah. So, but they weren't the most plenteous. And, and so, yeah, the ones in South America and all that. Exactly. And, I mean, they said that there's talks that one of Mansa Musa's brothers, because uh, Mansa Musa was supposed to be the king or something, somebody was saying that he actually he actually left. Right. And never returned. Said he went east. Right. There's no telling right. where he went. He could have ended up he in the New World, in Who South America. We don't know. Who's to but, say that he didn't develop is, something over there? But, you know? but all I'm saying is that so many of, of our children, our young children don't know any of that. Yeah. They just don't know. And that's what I'm saying. If we And that's why people you, you have to think about the, the place of history in contemporary society. And the progression of history as technology has advanced. But has it really advanced? Because we're really, really as humans, we're not at our most advanced moment. If you can, in 2020, we can't figure out how the fuck the Egyptians built the pyramids. How the fuck can we be more advanced? You can't even figure out what the fuck they did. I mean, I mean, they even said like they no, were trying. Makes sense. I know that they said at one point they were trying to repair some of the damage or something done to them, and it was you already the, the stuff that they actually use is actually deteriorating. All of these already constructs are bullshit. <laughs> yeah, straight up, it's they're all guesses. Yeah, and you can tie it into some aspect of Egyptian culture at the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that's what they were doing. Because at this point in time, we have no idea how they did it. True. You know what I mean? And so, and I still not at all. I mean, and I know some people don't want to hear it, but I know they were trying. They were trying. I I do people try to say that. I I personally be like, you know, it's one of those things, especially when it comes to, uh, you 
embalming and all the processes of that regard. You know, they, they had all that. You know, they were saying that they were actually practicing uh, organ harvesting and, and all that, and, and already. They, they did. You know. Um, they, they are documented. You know, you had the Mesopotamian battery, and you know, and all and these, like you said, they, they were already doing things. That we, we look were, at Egypt's culture. The Dogon, you know, you got the Dogon and they have already no idea how with they the solar system. No idea how um, they figured it out. I mean, it's it's crazy when you like you said it is a the digression in certain regards. Yeah, you know, we, but, we 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 I mean, but I think it's because we're we're driven towards uh, individuality, you know, and, and it speaks to you know with, when, we know when I was going to tell you about the whole individual, uh, what is it, uh, unitarian individualism, you know. It's, I mean, like I said, it's what I mean. I, I understand what you're saying with when we were talking about earlier that it doesn't, it, it shouldn't be together clearly, but it, it's in this it's this this notion that I personally will benefit and internally I'm going to benefit yeah. but the only reason why you're willing to, you know and then it's just as a byproduct the masses might benefit from it too like I mean I say like even with like people like Tesla yeah. you know uh, he doesn't personally make the equipment like he, right. he doesn't personally he's not the engineer engineer like, he comes with the idea right. he pays people to develop it Absolutely. basically you know like anybody else and, and it's one of those things where it's like he has the resources and the money to just keep doing that, but then it's like he's doing it because he personally is gonna make a profit if it if it if it sells. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, and I feel like it, it speaks to anybody who's not willing to give up or do class suicide and give up their sense of comfort. I like you said, I think everything is gonna perpetuate. Like I, I honestly well, think and, and keep the, going. And the reality is this, and you know what I have always, you know, and, and I work at the, oh, but you know, and I work at the railroad, right? And I've always wondered, like, what would happen if in Midtown Atlanta, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And I just look at all the people going to the different buildings, and I'm like, what would happen one day if people just said, you know what, fuck it, I ain't going to work. I'm not putting up with this shit. You have the CEO making 20 times what I'm making. I'm struggling to pay my fucking bills. This motherfucker got a yard that I really, that essentially I'm paying for. And I can't even afford it. You know what I mean? And, 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 and somehow you try to convince city these, officials too, man. They, city officials, absolutely. Like Congressmen, representatives. But the whole point is, um, if we're going back to you know the individualism and how that has tainted people, I mean, that again goes back to to, to us as Africans adopting the European sensibility, because we go from communalism to individualism. I mean, I definitely think if we all you know collectively. Like, like you said, there's a way you can move through the madness. Say, say I'm a, I'm a plumber. You're a teacher. Um, our neighbor is, uh, is a uh, engineer. You know, um, the person across the street is a doctor. And you know, but it's like, okay, I don't monetarily. We don't have to do that. What I'll do is, I'll educate your child. And whenever I have plumbing issues, you'll just fix it. It's like a barter system. And or it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like okay. we're we're our our payment is our time and right. like giving, right. you know, our, what we're okay. actually our work, our craft. Absolutely. I mean, do you think that's something that could eliminate this whole greed situation? I mean, I do believe we had that at some point with due prior to integration. You know, you did have the doctors and the lawyers that were within yeah. the community with the person who was the bellboy or the bus right. man. So it was like, or the mailman, everybody was together. So everybody had this like cohesive understanding. And it's like, okay, reciprocally, we can uplift each other. The money will circulate within the community constantly. You know, do you think that's something how we can move towards that? I mean, and to rectify this situation. Yeah. I mean, I still think we wouldn't be able to operate this though within a the confinements of the U.S. Like, 
within this current state of a democracy. Like, I definitely think, well, it could be a true democracy in that regard, yeah, you know, but, but I, I definitely think that, would you, I, I mean, would you lean towards socialism or communism in that, or do you think the isms has to be thrown out completely? I think, personally, I think the ism has to be thrown out. And I think, to me, you know, socialism isn't a perfect system. Communism isn't a perfect system. Uh, democracy, as we know it, isn't a perfect system. Capitalism certainly isn't a perfect system. You know what I mean? And feudalism, none of there is no perfect system. And I think that, you know, as humanity progresses, that, that we we eventually learn that. And I'm hoping that at some point we learn that. And so we don't adhere to the strict rules of capitalism. That we don't adhere to the strict rules of socialism. Because at some point, somebody's going to benefit more than somebody else. And there's always going to be those who oppress other people for the for the sake of resources. Now, let me say this. Um, in terms of what I, I think, or, or maybe what I interpret um, humanity as being, and, and what I think the, a good system would be for humanity, um, I do think about a system where we un- understood that if you have something that I need, that you'll give it to me without there having to be some exchange of currency. But I also understand that if I have something you need, that that's that same understanding. I'm not going to charge you something that you didn't charge me. But the problem is that we have become so ingrained in this individualism that you talked about that I can't give you something without getting something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's expected. It's automatic. Yeah, automatic. Like, we, I have to get something out of it. I gotta get something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's for me? It's become so ingrained mm-hmm. that we, I got to get something out of this exchange. And that's, you know, that's not just monetary. That's sexual. That's, even if it's some emotional or spiritual gratification that you need, you're not going to get something without expecting to get something out of it. And I think that essentially is the problem. And, and maybe... So you wouldn't consider that self-care? But that's what I was about to say, well, I mean, and that's what I was saying. And maybe a, to a, some but degree, the obsession of that becomes a problem because it's more. It's, now, now let me say this: it, it speaks to jealousy. I mean, what is it? it? It becomes an addiction in, in a uh, to the point where if you don't get it, you do become erratic, or it's like, right? It's like, how right. dare you not? Right? Because it's already exactly. you know, you're so accustomed and, to and, getting, and, because what, what and happens, not just giving and just giving. Happening. And that's fine. It's the person that you give to may not have anything to give. Mm-hmm. That the thing you give them may be what they need to be able to get. And that's what we haven't got. Because I can't give you something and I get nothing. You see what I'm saying? I can't give you something and I get nothing. God damn it, I got to get something. And I think that essentially is the problem. Because now it becomes, okay, well, well, I'm not just going to accept your plumbing or the flowers or the food you bring me. Uh-huh. I don't want that shit no more. I can get my own. Okay. What else you got to give? You know what I mean? And then it becomes a system, okay, well, I need money. And that's how money becomes money. Yeah. That's because how currency it, but, becomes money. So money it's takes, out, that, takes out that desire, though? I mean, it, so that takes out that personal desire to him, right? No, it doesn't take out personal desire. It enhances it. Because you, you want... But, I mean, I guess because it's like you'll get the monetary, but then you want something else outside of that, too, right? Well you, well, you mean like material? Yeah, I mean, well, not even that. Like, I guess the money is the means to get what you want outside of, right? Of what right, the person right. could give you, right? Right. Well, but well, well, so, so now you're willing to you're willing to 
you know, work with that person because you can get my money and, that, even and money. that money will go outside but of it. That person can't directly money. help you. You got people who, who won't buy somebody groceries unless they suck their dick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want somebody, you know, they won't give you a hand. That's that $40 you. joke, man. Everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. You know, everybody talking about that 40 talking about what that 40 will do, man. You know? That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Something like, you got to get something out of right, the exchange, right. whether it's monetary, whether it's physical or sexual, whatever. You got to get something out of it. And so, that's what I'm saying. It's that it's... Like, what you bring to the table, Exactly. Man. I want expectations. I want something. Yeah. And I think... That takes away from the utilitarian portion of what you were talking bad, about. Bad, bad. You see what I'm saying? I mean, and that's I agree. I mean, I feel like it's an oxymoron. I, I, honestly, it I, I think it's it I think it's really kind of it no it's faulty. It's, it's faulty. It's, it's a fallacy in its own right. But you think it's the fact that people even yeah, like the fact that people say that they can marry the two though, it's like they're really trying to it's not nonsense. give up themselves. It's nonsense. I mean, most 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 things tell us to give up the sense of self though. Like you have to give up the self in order to uh, become a whole. You know, there's no way there's no, there's no way we can actually become truly a whole if we don't take the self out of the equation. Yeah, and I get that. I get that. Like, I mean, I, 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 I mean, but I, I, be, but I, I think it's human. It's the human condition, though, man. But I feel I like, think, but I do, I do think, I think this. I think ultimately the reason why we're so selfish is because we realize that we the self has to die alone. But that, but I think, and, too. It, and it's one of those things that nobody else can die with you. That's right. something you and only you has to experience alone. True. And and I feel like because of that, I feel like we gravitate to that 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 natural sense of being that this is all me. Yeah. Ultimately, it's all you, regardless yeah. of. And I feel like we're forcing ourselves to think that we need to be, uh, we have to be together. But it's like only in the physical are we together. I mean, in this in this in, 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 as we currently understand it. I mean, clearly. I and you, we also do believe that there is a other realm and it's spiritual and there are our ancestors there and we will not be alone once we get there. Mm -hmm. But that crossover, that initial crossover, we just don't know what's going to happen. No, we don't. And I feel like that that fear of that forces us to want to just, well, I need to get mine. And it's really the fear of the unknown. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I think a lot of times we we just... we embody that fear because we think we have to attain so much or at least so much status or, or do at least a little bit of good to have something that speaks positively of, of us when we leave this plane. You know what I'm saying? And so I think, what were we just talking about? I mean, as far as like just, you know, being one with the self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self. Understanding I mean, that you're free. I mean, and, and I think self. If you really think about what the, what the hell is self? You know what I mean? Let's just now. Is that just you as an individual who has your own individual thoughts? Now, if, if that's the case, if the self is the individual who has his own individual thoughts, is that you in your purest form, or is that you after you've experienced a, a breath of information and you've decided? exactly what it is you want to take on. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, you know, I mean like I always tell people, I, I have this constant narrative that plays out in my head as if, as if me personally is like free. And I, I feel like, I feel like the fact that me, I feel like that, you know, once you're, once you understand that, you, you know, you're, you're yourself and you're personally yourself. I think that, I think internally, like I have this constant narrative that plays in my head that it's like a, um, a play, a movie. 
Like my life is like a movie, and I'm the I'm the protagonist of that movie at this point. I just don't know what the ending credits are gonna. Let read. me ask you this: <clears throat> What do you see yourself as? As Who far as what? Well, how do you define yourself? What do you see yourself as? I mean, I like I tell people, I just feel like I'm just one of those type of people. I, me personally, I feel as if that again, I feel like I'm in a movie. <laughs> that my life is constantly just this constant movie that's playing. And I can literally, outside of myself, see it playing. I just can't hit pause. So some what, days, some how, days I feel like I can how do you fast see your forward character? just a little. How do you see your character? I mean, I just see myself as the protagonist. Everything's around me. I, I mean, and if people say that's self-absorbed, that's narcissistic. That's but but what, I feel what, like at the end of doing? the day that I what, feel like... What is your story? I feel like it's one of those things where... Because, you know, even a protagonist, a protagonist at some point has to antagonize. So... What are you? Are, what are you antagonizing? What are you doing? What is? What is your story? First of all, I just feel like I'm just floating. It's one of those things where it's like everything is just here, in the moment. You know, nothing's finite. You know, so you're but not I also making any determinations. Not at this point, no. I mean, because I feel like everything is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But I mean, my whole. But you haven't is, always felt that. Um, naturally, yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought at an early age, I realized that I thought of things differently and I thought of the world differently than other people. But, but see, you and have, you have reactions like, to these things. Of course. Though. Right, but, so but my actions, like, what, I mean, but my reactions, like I said, it's one of those things where I think sometimes I'm on autopilot. Uh-huh. And it's one of those things, like, I, I could tell people that you can give me a topic and I could talk about it for 15 minutes. That's fine. But I feel like not everybody has that ability because I like I tell people right. I actually and some sometimes I'm speaking, but I can also see myself looking at myself speak, but I don't vis- visually see myself outside of myself speaking, but yet I am. And at that point I'm actually tailoring what I want to say. Like it's like I'm speaking, but I'm actually thinking things five word five sentences, they're already lined up. Right, right, right. right. And it's just flowing. Right. And so, then it's like, it's one of those things where I tell people that most of the time when I do presentations or anything like that, I can't give it to you the same way twice. But each time I, I give it, I it's going it. to be better because right. I fine tuned what I right. had to say. And I, I, I don't, I tell people like, wait, as far as me, I just keep, right, I say things in my head like, this is where I'm going to be at in blank. blank. Right. But what, and what, I set myself up by little moves accordingly right. to get what I want personally. And, and, and look, and, I, and again, and, and, and I, I, that's why um, I see myself as the protagonist. I feel like that I am a master manipulator of certain people right, right, to get what I want. Right. But and I so feel like everybody else is, sees themselves question. as their own protagonist in their life, and right. they are the and they are not an anti anti you know person in the in, or no no no, but no no. I it's that, that we are com- that. we have yeah. everybody is competing for their own sense of self right. and to this, get what they my, want in that see, navigation. Well, my question wasn't like it wasn't an accusation or anything. No 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 no. You know what I'm saying. All I'm saying, I'm just wondering, like, as the protagonist of your story, um, what, what, what story do you want to tell? Uh, I mean, I want to tell something that's more, you know, because like I've always lived by this, um, you know, a person, uh, uh, one of my mom's friends really told me this, uh, a confidant, mm-hmm. one day, and con- I mean, he he really spoke to me one day before he wrote me a letter of recommendation. Um, he was the former president of Clemson, um, Walter T. Cox, you know, great guy, you know, can't speak highly of him enough. And one day, you know, he told me, you know, it could take me a lifetime to build my reputation, but I could lose it in one second. And 
I had to sit there and pause because at that moment, I felt as if that he wasn't talking to me as a person that that knew what he always wanted in life. He was talking to me in the sense that you have to will and speak things into existence and set yourself up move by move strategically to set yourself up to what your end goal, what you really want to be in life. This is what he said. And then, yeah, well, I'm. In, that's how I contextualize what he said. He said basically that you know it, could, you know it could take you a lifetime to build your reputation, right. and you can lose it in one second. And that that really just told me that every day you just have to keep striving to get that end goal, and every move that you make in life needs to be dedicated towards you getting that end goal. Because if it's not, you can lose that. And it's not going to be easy. Your reputation is something that is what you have to work for and earn. Right. And it's based on the moves that you make in life. And it's how it's, your reputation is based on others' perceptions of you right. and, and their life. Right. Because, again, I feel like everybody has this playing narrative in their head, too. Right. And I feel like me, I'm just a character in your life versus me, you know, vice versa. And I feel like because of that, my character, I it is my duty in life to or my purpose in life is for my character in your life to actually be something positive where that it spoke to your protagonist in you and I feel like that that's my whole end goal and why I want to teach and everything you know I feel like that that's something that has to be done because that's what I feel like my purpose is is to be able to speak to people and interject my character into their life into their, their life their narrative in this forever ending script you know, if I could just be on your page 100 and it was one day that you seen me and spoke to me and said, man, I'll never forget that guy. He really spoke to me because that's what I felt like he did to me. And I feel like because of that, I felt like that's why he did that, because he wanted to instill his character in my life to set my character up. He's seen that. He's seen that just like I seen that because he had time to really understand that. You know, right. and, and, right. and 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 you know, growing, you know, it took age for him to understand that, you know, this this movie, which is your life, yeah. is not promised. You don't know the end script, but while you're there, you need to be writing. Right. You know, you need right. to be able to develop that narrative so that you can you can do as much good as possible. You know, and I feel like the world is just a big book and narrative. I mean, if you want to think about it that way, but I look at it in more as a movie because I like movies. I think we should end it right there. Yeah, man. Um, like that I said, this is real, uh, session three, man. Like I said, we we, uh, we that. wrapping up. That was that was that was real, right there. Yeah, that I mean, like real. I said, it's one of those things. Like I tell people, man, that's I just like to flow and just like, yeah. you know, talk to people. But I think that's a good ending point. Yeah, you know, talking about that. I think that was a good. Yeah. Ending point.